who, who could I ask? Uh, the heart of the shepherd, that there's still that one out there, okay? I'd like for you to stand and we'll pray. God, help us to have that heart that it's not about the size of the crowd. It's not about that. It's about that one who's lost. It's not about the, it's not about the 99. It's about the one who's lost. And Father, help us to have that, that kind of heart, that this is not about me. It's not about me. It's about that one who is lost. Because that's where the heart, the heart of the shepherd is. That's where your heart is. Father, help us to have that kind of heart. That we're so concerned about those who are, those who are, who are lost. It isn't about us, but it's about them. Who is it that we could invite this week? Who is it that we could search for? Father, I'm praying that you would give us your heart. Help us as we worship you this morning in spirit and in truth, and it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Yeah. 
Just the radio. 
shines for all to see. Your name, your name is victory. Our praise will rise to Christ our King. Your name, your name is victory. Our praise will rise to Christ our King. The fear that held us now gives way to Him who is our his final breath upon the cross is now alive in me. Your name, your name is victory. Our praise will rise to Christ our King. Your resurrecting me in your name I come alive to declare your victory the resurrected king is resurrecting me by your spirit I will rise from the ashes of defeat the resurrected king is resurrecting me in your name to declare your victory the resurrected king is resurrecting me soldiers watched in vain was borrowed for three days his body there would not remain our God has robbed the grave our God has robbed the Praise will rise to Christ our King. 
will rise from the ashes of defeat. The resurrected King is resurrecting me. In your name I come alive to declare your victory. The resurrected King is resurrecting me. By your Spirit I will rise from the ashes of defeat. The resurrected King is resurrecting me. In your name I come alive to declare your victory. The resurrected King is resurrecting me. The resurrected King is resurrecting me. Amen. You may be seated this morning. All right, good morning. Um, Daryl, for the last week or two, has been um, asking us to invite somebody for church that doesn't normally come. And we got Easter coming up next Sunday, preparing for that, looking forward to that. Uh, you might have noticed that Kathy and I weren't here last Sunday. We were in Rogers at the Gideon State Convention, had a lot of good fellowship, a lot of good um, training, and we had some really good testimonies from Gideons that have been around the world and uh, done several activities. Um, I want to challenge y'all this morning, though, because one of the testimonies that we heard, and I may, I've missed the country, and I can't remember if it was Malawi or Malaysia, but there was a group of Gideons that a camp like, like we have that met every week for a prayer breakfast, and then the communists moved in and took over their government and shut all religion down. But these group of four men, once a week, one of them would come by in his van and he would pick up the other three men and they would ride around and still praise and worship Jesus as they rode around the city in danger of if they were caught, they could have been executed. For 13 years, they did this because of the government control that was in their country. But the dedication of these men to still gather and praise God for who he is and what he's done for us for 13 years until finally the government was overthrown and their organized religion was allowed back into the country. Um, Matt, if you don't mind, this is Victor. 
he was a successful businessman in the Ukraine when the Russian army, we know the invasion of Ukraine. We've seen it on all the stories. He was a Gideon in the Ukraine. He's married, has four kids. He joined the Ukrainian army to go to the front lines and witness to his fellow countrymen about Jesus, who were being killed every day in this war. He came home that first year at Christmas. He was able to come home for Christmas, and he was sharing stories with his friends about how these soldiers were accepting Gideon Bibles. Well, deluxe a lot like this one right here that we hand out to our um, soldiers and military folks. Um, he was sharing how men were accepting Jesus on the battlefield because of what was going on. After Christmas, he went back, and a few days later, he was killed in battle, sharing Jesus. My challenge to y'all today, we live in a nation so far where we don't have to worry about the government coming and hauling us away for worshiping Jesus and executing us. We don't have to worry about an invading army that we have to witness on the battlefield for our fellow Americans. The Bible doesn't say, Jesus didn't, didn't say, hey, if you guys get a chance at Walmart, at, you know, share my story about, you know, who I am. He commanded us to go and share the gospel throughout the world. It's a great thing. Uh, we heard this morning you know, the way we live our lives, that's, that's great. You know, we should live a Christ-exampled life, and, and that's wonderful. But if we don't tell people about Jesus, how are they going to know? And so that's my challenge to all of us, all of us that are in Christ, share Christ. It, it's, it's great to live, but you've got to speak up. We've got to talk about it. We don't know how much time is left. And for us to be in Christ and not sharing Christ, that's wrong. We need to be doing that every day. So uh, let's pray. Daryl, if you want to come up, I'll pray with you. And we'll pray and uh, we get started. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, as we take a moment to shut the doors and, and lock the outside world out, um, those of us that are in Christ at this time, we, we, we lift your name up. We praise you. We're thankful for everything you've done for us. Uh, you've given us another day to worship you. For those of those that are not in Christ, Father, there's, that's, he's given us another day to repent and turn from our sins and accept Jesus as our Savior. And so, Father, those of us that are in Christ, we need to share that witness of who Jesus is with a lost world. And Father, we just pray that you give us um, the strength and the boldness and the wisdom to do that. And Father, I pray for my brother Daryl this morning as he brings your message that, that your Holy Spirit will just, just anoint everyone in here and give us that, that strength that we need to go out and witness to a lost world. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Bible, Matthew chapter 3, verse 11, as we go through 
the book of Matthew on Sundays, Matthew chapter 3, verse 11. Matt, I was going to get with you before church and forgot. I'm going to, it, I'm going to step out of frame, I suppose, but that, that's okay. I'm going to pick this uh, altar up and put it up here on the stage. I don't know the live stream is going to catch that, but that's okay. So there's that is. Matthew chapter 3, verse 11. John the Baptist is baptizing, and Jesus comes to him in this uh, as the ministry of Jesus begins. John the Baptist is baptizing, Jesus comes to him, but it hasn't happened just yet. And John makes this statement about being baptized in the Holy Spirit. That's what we're going to talk about this morning. So it's just one verse, Matthew chapter 3, verse 11. Um, John the Baptist says, I indeed baptize you with water. And we've talked about that in the weeks past. We had a, had a baptism a few weeks ago, and so we talked about water baptism. I indeed, I indeed baptize you with water into repentance. But he who's coming after me, who is Jesus, who will come on the scene in a little bit, is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. So that's what we're going to talk about this morning, being baptized with the Holy Spirit. That, that topic is so big, I almost, I don't take this too far, but it's, it's just me. It was all in my mind, in my head. But I can almost just see the Holy Spirit off to the side looking at me saying, well, what are you going to say about this? Because it's just so big that I'm really going to have to pick and choose. And I guess it's part of the message, actually, that I've had to give this message so, so much thought. I honestly can't remember a message that I prayed about and thought about recently as much as this one. Trying to allow the Holy Spirit to guide and choose because there's so much to be said about baptism in the Holy Spirit. So much to be said about picking out what to say and not to say. Another uh, scripture, there is an outline of this on the back side of your announcements. If you like to use that, most of it will be on the screen. Kind of a sister scripture that goes with that is comes out of Acts chapter 1, 4 through 8. And I'm going to kind of tie in a little bit with what Tony just said about, about witnessing. But where Matthew chapter 3, verse 11, John the Baptist saying that Jesus will come and baptize you with the Holy Spirit, that's at the beginning of the ministry of Jesus. Acts chapter 1, 4 through 8 is the end of the resurrection has taken place. Jesus has not ascended yet. And so these are the last, kind of the last instructions that he gives to his disciples just before the day of Pentecost, and I'll turn there, this will be on the screen, and uh, being assembled together with them, he, that's Jesus, commanded them, that's the, the disciples, not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you've heard from me, uh, for John truly baptized you with water, that's what, remember, that's what John just said, and did, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit, not many days from now. Therefore, uh, when they heard that, they came together and they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore 
the kingdom to Israel. And he said to them, it's not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now, Matt, just leave verse 8 there a second, and I'm going to tie in a little bit with what Tony said about witnessing. I want you to notice uh, you shall receive power of the Holy Spirit, and you shall be witnesses to me and in Jerusalem. Now, what's the next word? And? It's not or. It's and. And in Judea. What's the next word? And? See, there is no or. We're not choosing. It's, it's both. It's all. Okay? There's another message there. It's all. It's not or. It's all. We don't. It's not. Well, should we go there or there? And the answer is both. It's and. Okay. I got to move on. I just would stay right there. Let's look back at the. So there's. We're talking about the baptism of the Spirit in us. What does it mean? There's so much there, but we're going to try to cover a little bit. If you're looking at your outline and. We're going to put these statements on the, on the screen. Water baptism is an event. There's a certain time, a certain day. In fact, I usually hand out a, a uh, certificate to everyone who is baptized here. On this date, you were baptized. Water baptism is, is an event. Spirit baptism is a lifelong process. Okay, Water baptism happens on that day. Spirit baptism starts on a certain day. But it's a lifelong process. So I am not, I have been baptized in, in water, that's true. I am being baptized in his spirit right now. Spirit baptism is a lifelong process. It's not just a one-time event. Next screen. <laughs> Follow closely. Water baptism done slowly leads to death, right? If, I, if you've been baptized by me, you want me to do it really quick, right? Down and up. Water baptism done slowly leads to death. You know, just hold you down, you know, just, <laughs> just hold you down. Leads to death. That is the symbolism. And the scripture over and over makes, makes it very plain. That's the symbolism, being buried in Christ Jesus, raised again to new life. Okay, that's the symbolism. Death, buried and raised to new life. So, so water baptism done slowly can lead to death. Spirit baptism done slowly, as is happening, leads to death. Different kind of death. Death to ourself. Spirit baptism, being baptized in the Holy Ghost, baptized in the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of God, it's all the same, leads to death. Death of what? Death of myself. So it's a lifelong process of dying to myself. Now some people think that's a romantic thought, that's what, yeah, well it might be, but that's not easy, and it's not painless. It's not a painless death. But it's this lifelong process of dying to myself. Now, if you're not willing to go through that, and 
By the end of the message, I, I hope that you get this. This is for folks who are serious. Okay, if you're not going to be serious about the Holy Spirit, if you're not going to be serious about being baptized in the Spirit, you're just going to be looking at your watch wondering how, how long will he take and let's get out of here, you know. But, this, but there will be a few of us, me, I'm serious about it. And so this is lifelong dying process of getting rid of me so that the Holy Spirit can live and move through me. Okay, kind of leads on to the next thought. Being, uh, being baptized in the Spirit, listen, is not about you getting more of the Holy Spirit. It's not that. I know it seems like that. And I know we kind of, maybe you've heard people pray like that. I need more of the Holy Spirit. There really, there really is no such thing, because look at it this way. If you need more of the Holy Spirit, that means that at some point you had less. If, uh, it's like saying we need more of God in this place. Well, how can you get more of God in this place? Because where could He be that He's not here? If there, see, with God, there is no more or less. Because of that word less. <laughs> because if you have more, that means that there had to be less. That's impossible. If he's not here, where, where could he be? And David made it plain. There is nowhere that he's not. That could, you can't, that's not, there, that's no longer God. Then that's not God. That's just somebody you've made up. So it's not getting more of the Holy Spirit. I know sometimes it seems like that. Boy, I'm really you know, filled with the Holy Spirit. That's, that's great. I really feel the Holy Spirit. Great. But that doesn't mean He wasn't there before. The Holy Spirit, it's not about getting more of the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit getting more of you. That's what it's about. It's, ba it's baptism. It's immersion. Completely under. All in. Not half in. See, if you're half in, if you're sticking your toe in, that's okay. You know, maybe one day you'll jump in. But if you're sticking your toe in, that's not baptism. We don't, we don't sprinkle. Sorry. We don't dab you. Okay? It's all in. I believe in it. I believe in all in. Okay? I, all right. So, uh, there's that. Being baptized in the Spirit is not about getting more of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit getting more of you. Okay? These last two parts, if you're looking at your outline, there's, there's two more scriptures we're going to look at. We're going to go and look at John 15, 5. I got these two scriptures to share with you in a short story. And I didn't know, this is, I've just worked so much on this on my mind and in my prayer life, how to do this. So I'm going to do it like this. I'm going to do this scripture, then a short story, then Romans chapter 8, 5. But it's going to come down to this. Uh, Jesus said in John 15, 5, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Who, he who abides in me, I in him, bears much fruit. The last line is what I want you to see. For without me, you can do nothing. I just want you to kind of stare at that. This is, this is what it leads to, getting to that point. Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. Very few of us really get that, though. And we're not really living there because we're still trying to do so much on our own. We think we can still make it. 
we, see, we think we can still make it work. If we try harder, and I'm all about working hard, and I'm all about trying hard, but in the spirit realm, in this being baptized in the spirit, see, your effort is nothing. And a lot of us, almost everybody in the room understands the thought, but they don't get the thought. Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. And I've had to learn that. And I, well, I didn't say that right. I'm learning that because being baptized in the Spirit is a lifelong process. It's happening to me right now. And I have learned a lot about it, but I've got a long way to go in, in learning more about it. Without me, you can do nothing. And so it's this place in our spirit walk where the Holy Spirit begins to take over. The Holy Spirit begins to do the work. The Holy Spirit begins to say the words. The Holy Spirit begins to send the text. The Holy Spirit, hey, you never hear, this, you never hear me say this very often. It's the Holy Spirit on Facebook. That's almost blasphemous, isn't it? Yeah. The Holy Spirit can be on Facebook. If, and the Holy Spirit can text if you'll take your thumbs off and let Him do it. Those texts and those Facebook, whatever things they're called, did God do that? Or did you do that? Out of getting mad or whatever. Did God do that? Or did you do that? Without me, Jesus said, you can do nothing. And so it's getting closer and closer to that truth and living in that truth where it's no longer you doing it, but the Holy Spirit through you. Short story, I've thought this through. It was a very long story. I'll try to make it very short. Happened last week. I have an Amish cousin who is a bishop. And it was a private conversation between him and I, so that's why I want to make it short and not, not share a whole lot because it's private. But I have an Amish cousin who's a bishop of his church. Now, in the Amish church, every, every, every Amish church has two or three preachers and a bishop, okay? So he started out as a preacher, and from there, out of that group, he was chosen as bishop, and that's what he does. We were, talk, we were talking about Easter, Really interesting conversation, I thought. What I want to tell you about this, though, is that an Amish preacher and an Amish bishop, they're chosen. You don't, you don't volunteer for it. You don't apply for it. You don't ask for it. A lot of them don't even want it. They're chosen. They're chosen by lot. And so they, they believe, and I do too, that God chose them they chose them out they didn't ask for it they didn't apply for it don't even want it but they're chosen to preach and then to be the bishop if if that's what that's what god chooses cousin and i he was talking to me and explaining some things and <clears throat> he uh he said when he was chosen as preacher he said i can't do this I just, I just can't do this. 
his father was a preacher too. And so he went to his father and was talking to his dad. He said, Dad, I, they chose me to be a preacher. I can't, I can't do that. And his dad said, because he'd been preaching for years, he said, don't you think and can't you see that maybe that's why the Holy Spirit chose you? Because you can't do it. And let me ask you the same thing. Don't you see and don't you think that it is because you finally realize that you can't do it that the Holy Spirit finally begins to work in you? As long as you will try, as long as you will work without the power of the Holy Spirit working through you, He will stand to the side and watch you. He'll stand to the side and watch you struggle. He'll stand to the side and watch you fail. As long as you'll do it without Him, He'll let you do it. And my uncle, very wise words, don't you see that it is because you know you can't do it that you were chosen? Well, being a preacher in the Amish church is one thing. The bishop is another thing. Totally different thing. When he was chosen as bishop, there's a thing that they do on Easter. He will do this next, next week. He will preach for three hours straight. Now, that may not mean much to you. You, you try that and see how that goes. He will preach for three hours straight. That's expected of him. Every Amish bishop on Easter will preach for three hours straight. So he went to his dad when he finally was, was chosen as bishop. <laughs> said, Dad, Easter's coming up. He said, Dad, I cannot do this. I, I can't do this. He said, I don't know how to do it. That's what the bench is for, the altar's for. In the Amish church, they sit on, on a bench like that without a back. So I don't want to hear about complaining about how our seats are, okay? They sit on a bench with, like that without a Everybody does. And his dad said to him, you can't do that. No, you can't do that. Of course you can't do that. Preach for three hours straight. Of course you can't do that. This is what he said. This is what stuck, stuck in my head. What you do is you stay on the bench in your seat. You let the Holy Spirit stand up and preach. That's, that's what you do. You stay on the bench. You let the Holy Spirit get up and preach. Okay, I know preaching is not what you're going to do. I, I know that. What is it that you do, though, that you're struggling with to do? Their relationship, husband-wife, parent-child, child-parent, school, work. Trying to get this done at work, trying to get this done at school, trying to make this work, trying to make this relationship work, trying to make my home work, trying to make my school work, trying to make my church work. I'm trying and I'm working at it and I just, 
it feels like the Holy Spirit standing to the side watching you. And it might be it feels that way because he is. It's where you finally sit on the bench and let the Holy Spirit begin to work. It's finally when you reach that point that you say, I can't do it anymore. I can do nothing. And it's God getting you to that point where you finally see it. My, my cousin finally saw it when he knew that he had to just sit on the Amish bench and let the Holy Spirit do it through him because he can't do it. He finally began to do it. And now it's the Holy Spirit working through you. It's no longer you. And now it's the Holy Spirit working through me. It's no longer me. It's the Holy Spirit doing the work. Immersed in the Holy Spirit. Baptized in the Holy Spirit. Dying to yourself where He can live through you. Less of you, more of Him. Less of you, more of Him. Less of you, more of Him. Day after day, as He begins to take over in you, you put yourself aside. You sit on the bench and you let Him take care of it. You let Him do it through you. Romans chapter 8, verse 5. I've been here for, for me personally. I'm just saying, for me personally. See, this is April. I've been here for about five months. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 7. Romans chapter 8. I've just been pouring over it, and this is me. This is the Holy Spirit trying to work through me. And it ends, this, what the Holy Spirit is trying to teach me, ends with Romans chapter 8, verse 5. But those who live according to the flesh, here, here's the, the line I want you to see. Those who live according to the flesh, they set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, they will set their minds on the things of the Spirit. That's, that's part of the key to it. Where you have set your mind. We're great at compartmentalizing. That's a big word, isn't it? Compartmentalizing, meaning uh, we used to say, well, you go to church on Sunday and live like the, live like the, the devil through the, through the week. That's compartmentalizing, where we put our spiritual life in a compartment. Well, I did my, I did my devotion this morning, all right? So I, so I did that, and that lets me go about through the rest of my day. That's not baptism in the Spirit. Well, I went to church on Sunday, so that, 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 you know, frees, that frees me up the rest of the week. That's not baptism in the Holy Spirit. Baptism in the Holy Spirit is immersion. It's setting your mind on the things of the, of the Spirit and leaving it there. Where your mind is set on Him. Where your mind is set on the things of the Spirit all day long. Every moment of every day is setting your mind on the things of the Spirit. And that's allowing the Holy Spirit to work through you. As you do all the other things that you're going to do during the day. As, you, as you're at work or as you're at school. It's setting your mind on the things of the Spirit. It's not just setting side time for Him. There's nothing wrong with that. And I, and I, and I get that when we talk about setting, uh, set, setting aside time for Him. I'm all for that. But the problem with 
that is that when that time is over, we feel like we can just go about now. Now I'm free to do what I want. Not if you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, you're not. No, no, you're not. It's where you set your mind on the things of the Spirit all the time. Every second of every day. Every second of every day. You've got the Spirit of Jesus on your mind. You know how strange that is to some people? They can't even fathom that. But setting your mind, because if you set your mind on the things of the flesh, you're going to live according to things of the flesh. If you set your mind on the things of the Spirit, you will live according to the things of the Spirit. And I've been trying for five months to practice this. Setting my mind on the things of the Spirit. He's never out of my mind. In every discussion, I'm thinking the Holy Spirit while I talk to you. While I preach, I'm thinking of the Holy Spirit while I preach. Every phone call, I'm thinking of the Holy Spirit. Every text, I'm thinking of the Holy Spirit while I text. If I knew how to do Facebook, every Facebook thing that, 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 that you do, while you're doing that, I'm thinking of the Spirit as I do it. In everything that I do, everyone I talk to, every, every relationship that I have, there's no gaps Setting your mind on the things of the Spirit. I, t- I told you, you're only going to do that if you're serious about it. I'm looking for that person this morning who's sitting there saying in your heart, in your mind right now, I need that. I need that. I need that. It's not about getting more of the Holy Spirit. It's about Him getting more more of me. I need that. That's what I need. I need the Holy Spirit to come in my relationship. I need the Holy Spirit to, to, to come in my school. I need to come in my church. Well, you know, He's already there. I need, I need to let Him get more of me. That's what I need. My, the answer for me is not to try, try harder, work at it more. You know, that's not working. I need to let the Holy Spirit begin His work in me. I need to sit on the bench and let the Holy Spirit preach. I'm going to ask for our musicians to come. I'm going to put our bench back. And this now no longer an Amish bench. It's our altar again. I'm going to ask our congregation to stand. I'm going to limit this this morning. I'm doing it, I'm doing it on purpose. The only people I want to come, that I want, that I want to see come this morning, I want you to be serious about it. I mean, I really want you to be serious about it. That's what I need. That's what I need.
I need to allow the Holy Spirit to have more of me. And I'm, and I'm serious about it. I need, I need the Holy Spirit to take control of me. I need the Holy Spirit to take control of my home. I need him to take control of my church, my school, me. I need the Holy Spirit to take control of me. And I am serious about it. And so I'm going to come and pray. While our musicians play and, and sing, if you're serious about it, only if you're serious about it, I invite you to come and pray. Talk to the Holy Spirit. Allow Him to come in and give Him the room and, and parts of you that you have been holding back. Allow him to have his way. Come and pray.
take my time You're on this earth Let it glorify all that you are worth For I am nothing I am nothing Without See you.